they might have the biggest defensive steal in the 2022 draft. I already had the fever when I read that line from you and Patriots Wire. It was like a full blown, you know, I had to put the, the face, the wet face cloth on my on my forehead. I love this kid. This is making me want to watch the Patriots when they're on defense, right? Like I want to watch Jack Jones and I, you know Judon and like we start we're starting to get playmakers on defense again. Jack Jones popping on defense again for the Patriots, the rookie fourth rounder. Pat's D just basically embarrassing the Lions. Takes on that here coming up in just a little bit, but first and foremost. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. It's great to have you with us. A quick note, if you're finding us for the first time online via the Pat's Wire, you can subscribe and listen along each week wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Patriots Wire. We should pop right up and, uh, you know, one click of the button could help our podcast pop up right on your phone each week. And honestly, Jordy, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want us right there on their phone each week every time the podcast is posted? You know what I mean? And of course, man, they want story time with Jordy and Ryan. I mean, that's like the best segments on this entire show. No, just just you. We want your story time. We all sit back and listen uh, to you. That's that's Jordy McElroy right there, the managing editor of USA Today's Pat's Wire. I'm Ryan O'Leary, just a guy in his closet wearing a Bailey Zappi jersey. Nothing to see here. Uh, recording podcast, Jordy. That's basically where we're at. I mean... We talked last week about no player being more popular to fans than a backup quarterback who wins, right? And so far, Zappi has taken Aaron Rodgers to overtime on the road and led the team to a shutout win at home over the Lions, right? So fans getting whack, wacky over Zappi, it's it's kind of great, right? It's kind of great all around. The fans are loving it. It's great for our entertainment value. It's great for the team because I think ultimately the better Bailey Zappi plays, the more this fever pitches around the fan base, the better it'll be for for Mac Jones, right? It reminds me of the Jimmy G factor that really sparked Tom Brady at it, towards the end of his Patriots tenure. Like, this should be a good thing for Mac Jones unless it's not, unless it's not, unless Zappy Fever is, like, in the coaching staff, too, unless Belichick has it as well, right? What do you, what do you, what do you make of all this? The, the, the Zappy Fever that is clearly catching on in Foxborough because the fans were chanting his name during the game. That was, that was kind of, I can't get that. That's playing in a loop in my head, Jordy. The, the fans chanting Zappy, Zappy. And I mean, also, too, you know, he, he gets a nickname from, from Matthew Slater, who's a, the, the legendary special tamer. So I guess he's, he's being called Zappin' Roger now, <laughs> which, is pretty, <laughs> which is pretty amazing, too. You know, you, you know you're doing good if you're the rookie quarterback and, you, and, you, and you, you get a nickname. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a lot of fun, especially for the Patriots, you know. Teams used to winning, right? And you come into the season and you're kind of struggling early on and, you know, you're losing some games. And then this kid steps up and he, he, he goes in the Lambeau field and he's, you know, not afraid of the moment, you know. Stepping up and having to come in when Brian Hoyer went down with an injury, you're just thinking he's just going to get steamrolled over by the Green Bay Packers. And the Patriots show some life. They rally around him and, you know, they put up a fight and almost win, have an opportunity to win the game in overtime. And then you come back to the to the um, Detroit Lions game in his debut at Gillette Stadium and this first career start in the NFL. And, you know, you beat the Lions. So it's yeah, man, it's, it's it's a lot of excitement right now. And Zappy's kind of a fiery guy as well. Um, you know, there there was a – and this actually went back to the Packers game. You could see him on the sideline, like, pushing the coaches and stuff, just getting them amped up <laughs> and getting excited. So there's definitely something about this guy that's, you know, getting the fan base rallied up and getting them all all, all excited, which is, which is a good thing, right? You know, we, wanna, we want to enjoy these games. Mac Jones isn't around, you know. It's been a rough start, you know. Let's – 
Zappy Mania, right? It's like Hulkamania, right? Well, there's so much you can do with that last name. You saw the the uh, the, the signs in the crowd, all the Zappy stuff. The the broadcasters are getting into it again. The the crowd chanting Zappy. There's just something about that last name, and yeah, the kid showing poise, like you're like you're saying, and all of that. It's just in fire, and you know, just kind of standing in the pocket and doing good stuff. Good stuff. We're seeing stuff that we didn't expect when that kid came in the game. On is obviously, and it's great. And and I guess here's the question, Jordy. Do we have a quarterback controversy, right? Like, I personally am not ready to go there yet. I want to get your take on this. But I think we can now call it an active competition, right? I don't think controversy is the right word, but competition. If Max stays out for a few more weeks and Zappi continues to, to show progress and the coaches keep talking about him glowingly and the crowd is, you know, just chanting his, again, I haven't heard that since Brady, Brady. Like, now it's Zappi. <laughs> like, I've never heard Mac. Mac, Mac, you know, it's like that's the, so it's gone from Brady to Zappy. That should tell you something with the with the crowd is chanting there in Foxborough. But maybe not a controversy, but a competition. Is that fair right now? I mean, you know, competition. Yeah. I mean, if if they were bowling, I mean, pool playing pool, perhaps, you know, may, maybe a dance battle or <laughs> a freestyling competition. But football. Hell no. It's still I'm Mac. sorry. No. No, it's like, look, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about the Pats victory. I'm excited about seeing, you know, what Zappy's done and the fan base being all pumped up about it and everything. But I don't know. We're kind of setting the bar a little low here. You know, like these are the New England Patriots. We're coming off of a win over the Detroit Lions and we're talking about, you know. Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Replacing, yeah, like it's the Super Bowl, replacing the starting quarterback, you know, with, with the backup guy, with the rookie backup guy. But we need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, look, kids probably won't get this reference, but this is how bad the Detroit Lions defense is. You you know that guy at the mall that used to stand at the mall giving away free sample CDs? Those guys, you know, kids today won't won't get those reps. Yeah, do do kids even go to the mall anymore, Jordan? Yeah, but continue, continue. Probably not, (laughs) but they definitely don't get CDs anymore. Oh, no. What's that? People don't know. I mean, the Detroit Lions are giving out yards like free CDs from those guys at the mall. I mean, they're just handing out free yards. So, I mean, you know, the, the play calling has been pretty safe. You know, let's not let's not act like Zappy's throwing, you know, throwing just airing it out, throwing the ball all over the field. He didn't throw for more than a hundred yards against the Packers. And it was still a relatively safely called game against the Lions with him, you know, throwing for 188 yards. The interception was not his fault. And then obviously he threw for the one touchdown pass. So yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited about what Zappy's doing right now. I think he can stay in there in stretches while Mac is gone. But, you know, let's be real. The offense definitely opens up a lot more when Mac Jones is under center. And the offensive line is playing better. Let's give those guys credit. You know, they started off they, – they struggled early on, and they started to kind of step it up a bit. Zappy's getting more times. He wasn't sacked once against the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, you know, people are already ready to give the guy the key to the city. I, I'm all for it. <laughs> Zappy's a fun guy. It's awesome and it's great. But if the Patriots want to win big football games – they have their best chance with Mac Jones under center. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I still think Mac is the best guy, uh, just objectively. But I can't get the, the, the chant, Jordy. I keep bringing it up. I can't get the chant, the zappy. I can't get it out of my head, man. <laughs> it's playing on a loop. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I do not have the zappy fever. I'm not there. I, I checked the temperature. It's, you know, I'm still uh, I'm, I'm below 100.3. You know, I don't have the fever. <laughs> However... There is another rookie on the Patriots that I think it's – I'm getting a little warm. 
get a little warm. Got to, I, I, I got to take uh, some cough syrup or something. There's something brewing. Jack Jones. Oh my god, I have Jack Jones fever right now. Uh, that sickness is definitely creeping up on me, Jordy. Right, like. J.C. Jackson leaves in the offseason. The Patriots signed Malcolm Butler after the dude had retired. I mean, back in the summer, I was like, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing here? What Guys, what are we doing? This is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. So maybe it'll get better in the draft. Oh, no, no, no. We go guard, wide receiver, kick returner with our first three picks in the draft. And so we finally get Jack Jones in round four. Uh, but, man, this dude's balling out, right? He's he, now back-to-back games with an interception. That was a highlight reel pick that he had on, on, I know, Jared Goff. It was on first down, right, from the 18-yard line, Jared Goff. But still, still, a highlight reel snag. Belichick said he looked like a wide receiver. I agree with him. Uh, I I think the kid's shown some swag. He he even made Ty Law upset with his swag uh, after the Green Bay game, saying, don't throw that out pass. That's disrespectful, throwing it out on me. Love it. No, no Ty. No, he should keep saying stuff like that. I love the swagger from Jack Jones. He's backing it up. He is taking chances. He's aggressive, but he's making plays and he's locking people down. Uh, so Belichick, I think you wrote on Patriots Wire, Jordy, to quote you, they might have the biggest defensive steal in the 2022 draft. I already had the fever when I read that line from you in Patriots Wire. It was like a full blown, you know, I had to put the, the face, the wet face cloth on my on my forehead. I love this kid. This is making me want to watch the Patriots when they're on defense, right? Like I want to watch. Jack Jones and you know Judon and like we start we're starting to get playmakers on defense again. As a fan, that is super exciting. Well, you might want to be careful there, Ryan. I mean, if you keep getting the fever, you might you might end up with a trip to the emergency room by the end of this season <laughs> if this yeah, kid keeps playing the way that he's playing. I'm on my way. I'm on my way with Jack Jones. I love him. Give me a 13 jersey. I want it. You know, since we're since we're in a loving mood and giving out nicknames, how about we consider calling Jack Jones Chick Fil A Jones since he's shutting <laughs> everything down on Sundays? You know, he's. I mean, so far he's been – he's looked like a perfect replacement for losing a J.C. Jackson. And I was kind of in your shoes and your boat and thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, man, this is, gonna, this is going to be catastrophic in the defensive backfield, you know, with Jalen Mills and whoever else they decide to throw back there. But, you know, Jack Jones, man, he's feisty in coverage. You know, he's, he's, he's giving tight windows for quarterbacks to throw in. And he's, and he's a playmaker. Like, that's what you want to see. You need guys that can make those game-breaking plays. And I thought Bill Belichick, you know, he, he talked about it perfectly. Like, that, that interception against Jared Goff, that looked like a wide receiver. He, he gets, a, gets a toe tap down and everything. Like, it's just – I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And you just – and you have to think of it from this perspective. This is just his rookie year, man. And he's only played yes. in like five games. I mean, this is this guy. He's he's a baby out here. So and he's already showing these flashes. I mean, I think we could be looking at a future elite playmaker in the league. Like, you know, we can say you can say whatever you want to say about Belichick missing on wide receivers, but the guy, the guy, he figures it out on cor- a cornerback and I guess running back as well. But man, like, what a draft! Fourth round pick. Yeah, that's definitely a steal. Could be the biggest steal in the draft when we go into the future and looking back looking back on it well usually his corners are undrafted right so him picking a corner yeah. in round four and putting him out there and, and starting him you know in a key role like jack jones is getting is like wow you might as well call him a first rounder right because belichick usually yeah. finds these guys on the you know undrafted uh wire and and, and brings them in but yeah I, jack jones is great it's that's a good look for belichick i think it's a good look jordy you know belichick's always been weird about playing his rookies right like He'll draft a rookie. We'll be kind of excited to see him play. And then he'll go on IR with like 
a bruised toe or you know what I mean? Like random injuries will put the guy on season ending IR. It's like, Bill, that's not season ending. He could come back. But Belichick will be like, no, we're going to redshirt you. You have a, a bruised toe. You're on IR for the rest of the year. Uh, so we see that a lot. But now it's like Jack Jones becoming one of your, you know, a key corner for you with, with uh, Jonathan Jones. Uh, so many Joneses, right? If I want to get a Jack Jones jersey, Jordy, everyone would have to know he's number 13 or else they'd be like, hey, uh, what jersey? Is that Mac or is that Jonathan? Or is that Marcus? Like they, no one would know which uh, jersey it was. But you got Jack Jones playing a prominent role. We have uh, Marcus Jones now. He's taken over the punt returning. Thank God he has taken over the punt returning job. And he's kind of eating into Miles Bryant's snaps a little bit. He played some slot corner in this one too. Good time to test it out against the Lions. Good job, Bill, right? Cole Strange played every single snap at guard. Uh, in this ball game, all 60. Cole Strange is obviously there. So you're seeing Bell and, and then Tyquan Thornton, right? Which we're going to get to here a little mm-hmm. bit later in the show. So your first four picks all are playing snaps. That's different for Belichick, right? All these rookies playing. So I think that's interesting. He's trying to he's trying to hit on this draft, Jordy, for sure. And yeah. I also thought this game for Belichick was kind of vintage, right? Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, the, the Lions had came in with the the top scoring offense by far in football at 35 points per game and they get bageled. It's like, isn't that, isn't that classic Belichick, like still able to pants that team with the stupid coach and the bad quarterback, right? Like, or the overrated coach, like everybody who thought after hard knocks that the lions were going to be something different this year after, after their little start sorely mistaken after you see Jared Goff just, just, turning into the, you know, the shell that he was in that Super Bowl game against Belichick. Like, he just can't do it. He can't play against Belichick. And I think good a good day for Belichick, not only coaching circles around Dan Campbell, which we should expect, but also just kind of putting his rookies in there too, Jordy. Not so subtly as being like, I'm beating you with my rookies that I just drafted as well. I thought it was a good game for Belichick in that regard. Yeah, and I mean, it just it, it shows it shows how much he trusts his rookies. So yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like it's it's kind of a change. It's kind of a change for Belichick. We we normally don't see him do that. Like he he will normally force rookies to kind of sit on the sidelines and you know wait their turn. Um, but you know, I, I kind of I wonder if Jared Goff. I wonder if he sees Bill Belichick in his nightmares tonight. He does. You know, yep. Yeah, he has to. Like a, like I'm in, I'm imagining Bill Belichick is like the Freddy Krueger of golf streams. Because, because he like basically he, he can't throw a spiral anymore when it's Belichick. He's like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Like he just can't throw, and then he'll probably throw for four hundred yards next week. It's just so weird. Yeah, exactly. You know, he kind of he started him some deja vu up on a platter in that game. You know the the Rams back in you know the Rams before that Super Bowl fifty three game. They were half winded on offense and you know playing well, and they just kind of ran into a brick wall against the Patriots. And then, you know, Jared Goff, he goes over to the Detroit Lions of all teams, and they're leading the freaking league in scoring offense. And then they run into the Patriots again and get completely shut down with constant pressure and tight windows to throw in. And, you know, Dan Campbell and Jared Goff, they just they just both imploded right there on the football field. But, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's coaching. Obviously, Bill Belichick, he can still coach. We can talk about – the, the GM blunders, although we might not be talking about it this year after the draft that he had in 2022. But, you know, obviously Bill Belichick's still at the top of his game as a coach. You know, hey, it is what it is. I get all the confusion with all the, you know, him being the de facto offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, everything. You know, he's staying else basically with the New England Patriots. But, you know, the guy can still coach, and he obviously proved it on Sunday. Yeah, he's everything, right? He's the quarterback's coach. He's 
Matt Patricia's play calling mentor. He's everything. Uh, and I know it was the Lions, and they're just terrible. They're just bad. Um, and they were laughable. Very liony. You know, Jordy during that game, liony. That just reminds you of the old Lions that can't win. Uh, but you pitch a shutout in today's NFL. Come on. Uh, your defense scores a touchdown. You shut them down on f- uh, six fourth town conversion attempts. Like, and you got Matt Patricia out there calling a representative game with, with Bailey Zappi as well, right? I, I don't, I think Matt Patricia had a good day. Uh, so a lot to like, especially on the defensive side. We got some takes on the offense as well and some takes on Patriots Browns here coming up next in just a little bit. But first, here's Corey Bonini of the huddle.com. He's going to help us set our fantasy lineups. Check that out. We'll be right back. This is the Tipico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number six. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith versus the Arizona Cardinals. We have officially reached let Geno cook territory after the journeyman tossed three touchdowns in a week five loss to the New Orleans Saints. Over the past three games, Smith has averaged 304 yards passing and he has thrown seven touchdowns against just one interception. While the Cardinals have played better since a woeful week one, they will present a stiffer challenge than the likes of the Lions or the Saints. Nevertheless, ride the hot hand. Smith has a pretty good matchup overall and is a decent bet for 250 plus yards and at least two touchdowns. Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson at the Chicago Bears. On one hand, it was a fantastic sight to witness Robinson return from his offseason gunshot wounds to lead the backfield in carries and yardage. On the other hand, those numbers were nine attempts for 22 yards, and he had no role in the receiving game. Chicago has allowed the fifth most rushing yards on the second most carries, and the position has scored four times through five weeks. Since it's unlikely Chicago's offense can put up enough points to force a pass-heavy script, Robinson is shaping up to be a quality play on the ground. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney versus the Washington Commanders. Mooney is a low-volume fantasy option, and he's better utilized in non-PPR settings. This matchup alone lines perfectly with that profile too as the commanders have done a decent job of limiting catches but have allowed big plays along the way. This is the number one matchup in fantasy points per touch, number two for yards per reception, number five for yardage generated, and number three for the ease of scoring among wideouts. If Mooney cannot make some noise in this one, He's barely worthy of a roster spot going forward. Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku versus the New England Patriots. After a slow start to 2022, Njoku has emerged as one of the stronger fantasy plays in the last three weeks, particularly in PPR scoring. He has no fewer than five catches for 73 yards in any of those last three games, and this week he faces one of the more favorable opponents for his position. New England has allowed a touchdown per game on average to tight ends, but that's really about where the success has ended for all but Mark Andrews after he posted two scores in 89 yards. The next closest performance is four catches, 22 yards on a touchdown. But the Patriots will focus extensive attention to both the backfield and Amari Cooper, freeing up Njoku across the middle to move the chain. Don't expect a huge game, but something around 50 yards on a touchdown is certainly well within reach. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Pat's heading to Cleveland this week. We'll have a preview of that one with picks against the spread in the next segment. But first off, here's our questions of the week for Jordy. Uh, here we go, Jordy. Question number one. If you could pluck one player or coach off the Browns roster and put him on the Patriots, who are you picking and why? 
I mean, I, I could obviously say Miles Garrett because, you know, he's just he's such a he's such an incredible defensive playmaker. But, you know, that's that's kind of boring. That's kind of a boring choice because he's an obvious choice or, you know, Nick Chubb's obvious as well. You know, I'm going to go I would go with Amari Cooper. And mm. the reason why, and I, <laughs> and I, and I, I know, I know, I probably elicited some eye rolls there just for just for even mixing well, Jordan, that Now name. you have like seven wide receivers that that Mac Jones is trying to figure <laughs> out who to throw to. But you know what? He would be he would be their number one guy at least at least from at least from from being able to be somewhat of a deep threat 100%, type of a hundred percent type of a guy. You know, we don't really have that number one guy yet. You know, you're hoping that Tyquan Thornton becomes that guy who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But you know, at the same time, we need that number one guy on the outside that can make things happen. Jacoby Myers is amazing. So just imagine if you had like that guy, that dependable guy over the top, like an Amari Cooper, who isn't you know necessarily he's not he's not necessarily an elite guy, but he's better than he's better than what we have, right? One hundred percent, yes, yeah. I mean, just imagine how great Jacoby would be if he was the slot receiver, second option type type of deal, not the number one receiver on this on this football team. Yeah, you know, good for you. I didn't think Amari Cooper. That wasn't the first name that popped in my head. I, I do love Nick Chubb. He's on my dynasty team, my fantasy dynasty team. So I do love I think he's the best back in football. But he's running back, it's hard to say. Let's just plug the I mean, running back is one that like Ramadre Stevenson just rushed for basically 200 yards. Like uh-huh. they're fine at running back, right? Uh, Miles Garrett, it's boring. But Garrett and Judon on that defense would be just <laughs> stupid. It'd be stupid. It'd be stupid. Man. So I think when you have a chance to get, a, you know, it's TJ Watt, it's Micah Parsons, and it's Miles Garrett for best defensive players in the league, right? And then probably Jack Jones fourth. Uh, but yeah, I think Miles Garrett, boring, but that was probably where I would go with it. But Amari Cooper, I like that. Uh, honorable mention to Sean Watson. I do not want to touch him in his guaranteed contract or his past with a ten foot pole. So no, no to Sean Watson for me. And and you didn't mention him either, Jordy. I'm not surprised. that was why. That was exactly why. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, we we want no parts of not, all of that. Not touching yeah. that. Not. I don't think Robert Kraft <laughs> does either. Uh, okay. Question number two. You mentioned Tyquan Thornton. That's where I'm going with question number two. What are the Patriots telling us by not only activating Tyquan? Jordy, but giving him a healthy 42% of the offensive snaps on Sunday, right? They didn't exactly ease him in. Tyquan got 25 snaps and Devontae Parker got 31. Uh, and Devontae Parker was basically invisible out there. Did he, was he even targeted? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Nelson Aguilar play. Uh, we remember one of his, uh, one of his plays. I think he was the only like loser slash dud in the studs and duds article. Uh, Aguilar with that, that play. And then he disappeared with a mysterious injury or benching. Uh, so then they kind of got Tyquan Thornton out there. Didn't do much either, but he was out there running routes. Uh, what do you think? Are the Patriots telling us anything by them saying, no, nope, we're activating you. We're going to play you as soon as you're available off of IR, and we're going to give you 42% of the snaps. What do you think, Jordy? You know, I think I think the, Patri- the Patriots really liked what they saw from Tyquan Thornton, especially in training camp. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if if a lot of our listeners got a chance to see it because you know he really hasn't had a chance to you know he hasn't had a chance to really play in many er, in any games up until Sunday. Um, but there, there's one play in training camp where he just absolutely just gets. I mean, he just blows right past Malcolm Butler. 
I mean, and you know, and I, I get it. Malcolm Butler's not like a top a top corner or anything like that, but he's still an NFL player. And just to see him do something like that, it just it just kind of shows you, it gives you a little insight of just how explosive Tyquan Thornton can be for this team. And you know, I just he was out there making some plays and stuff at training camp as well. I just think the team has a lot of faith in him and what he could be. So it was a situation where they were just able to put him on the field and give him an opportunity to kind of get up to speed. You know, he's missed some time. It's going to take him a while. You know, I'm not expecting – I wasn't expecting Tyquan Thornton to come out here and, you know, rack up six, seven catches for, for 100 yards or anything like that. Like, that's not his game right now. So I think, I think it just shows that the team has a lot of faith in him. They have a lot of faith in what he could be. And, you know, he's just it, – it'll be something that's interesting to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, especially going into Sunday on the road against a Cleveland Browns team that can get after the quarterback, but you know they haven't been that great defensively either. So it'd be fun. Waiting to get Taekwon a, a catch in the flat or something with some room to run and just let him go, <laughs> let Ooh. him turn on the Jets. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, but that that's interesting. So did Taekwon blast Malcolm Butler back into retirement, Jordy, during training camp? Is that what happened? <laughs> You know, that was the end of that man's career right there. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm's like, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was real, Bill. But I'm going back into retirement. Thanks for getting me out of it. I'm going back home. Uh, I just think maybe this is a bonus question here. You know, I just thought that number, almost half the snaps on offense, was was telling. I thought so. I'm going to be watching that going forward. But maybe it's the Patriots saying, "All right, Nelson Aguilar, uh, little hit or miss there, and you keep on helping us turn the ball over." And I mean, Aguilar, he owes. Uh, Zappy, what expensive dinner with some bottles of wine for screwing up his opener, giving him an interception, right? That, so he owes him dinner. And then Kendrick Bourne, he was involved about from a snap count, you know, snap count wise, I should say. He was involved as much as he's been all year. But Kendrick Bourne, one catch, one yard, and one penalty that pissed off Bill, right? <laughs> that we saw the altercation on the sideline. So that's what we got for Kendrick Bourne. So maybe it's like, we got to find some production that we can count on other than Jacoby Myers, right? Again, Devontae Parker, invisible in this game. So maybe that's why we're seeing some Tyquan Thornton getting uh, getting notched up a little bit, Jordy. I don't know, but it, that's that's interesting. I thought he was going to be more situational. So to yeah. see him getting almost half the snaps, I got to say, I like that. You know, as much as I want to watch Jack Jones on defense, I want to see this kid, right? Like, I want to see yeah. him get some opportunities against the Browns for sure. Yes, yes, for sure. And I mean, you know, going back to Kendrick Bourne, I guess you, you were looking for a number one receiver. So there you go. Ones so across all the, board. the ones there. One catch, <laughs> one yard, one penalty. Uh, not so great, Kendrick. Not so great. All right. Question number three. We mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, really, the Patriots, Jordy, bulldozed the Lions, right? <laughs> With the run game. They racked up 176 yards. Uh, most of that was Ramondre. Um, unless that was Ramondre's number. I can't remember. But Ramondre Stevenson had a crap load of yards. They also didn't get sacked in this game. So it was a really nice game for the offensive line. And one thing that was interesting, Jordy, was the offensive line never changed, right? Like we had speculated that Marcus Cannon would probably rotate in at right tackle for the struggling Isaiah win. It didn't happen. Uh, every single offensive lineman. So, so what is that? Let me, let me see if I can figure this out. It's Michael Owenu and uh, Cole Strange at guard. You got uh, uh win and Trent Brown at tackle and Trent Brown at left tackle just, was dominant in the run game, and he shut down Aiden Hutchinson, the, the, the Lions' big edge rusher that they drafted out of Michigan. Completely shut that kid down, right? And then you got, of course, David Andrews at center. Those guys started the game and played every single snap. So there's no rotating, Jordy. There was no subbing in and out. Uh, Marcus Cannon for Isaiah Wynn. I thought that was interesting that Wynn played the entire game, 
even after he had that bad holding penalty at the end of the first half when the Patriots were getting ready to kick a field goal, Wynn had the uh, the penalty. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're going to see Marcus Cannon in the second half for sure. It didn't happen. Is Belichick sending us some sort of message? Is he kind of throwing his faith behind Isaiah Wynn, who's been struggling? What do you think? You know, I mean, Wynn had a pretty good game. I mean, outside of that penalty, you know, when when he was pulled, when he was pulled last week, it was because he was struggling. And, you know, he was giving up sacks and quarterback hits, and he had the penalty as well. But, you know, this game, Wynn actually, Wynn played a really good game. And, and that's the thing, you know, Wynn's not a bad player, but at the end of the day, you know, it's more of just you still have those penalty concerns, and he drew another one. So that's that's seven penalties in the last five games. So he's, you know, he's blowing everyone away on the rest of the team in terms of penalties. And there's always the health concerns as well, you know. So, I mean – that's 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 kind of the point, and I I actually I wrote a piece I wrote a piece on when um, leading up to that game, and and basically basically what I was saying is that you know if the Patriots were to lose against the Detroit Lions, that might be the time where you think about trading and Isaiah win because you know if you lose to the Lions, you're probably not making the playoffs for sure. You're cooked. So yes. that, that, yeah, yeah. See, you know that's that's one of those situations where you kind of maybe blow things up. A little bit, you know that that might still be an option there with Marcus Cannon there. Now Marcus Cannon, they've been they've been using him more as kind of like an extra blocker, as maybe a maybe like a tight end or something, like a Joker type of tight end type of mm-hmm. type of player. Where he'll he'll kind of stand in and give him the extra blocker since they don't have Jonu Smith out there who was out with an injury. Um, but yeah, I mean Isaiah Wynn, he played he played a great game. I I wouldn't look beyond it anything other other than the fact that you know if you play well you stay on the football field and if you don't play well then you got this other guy Marcus Cannon who can step in and and you know take your spot. Yep, I like it. Good stuff right there. And make sure you're checking out Jordy's stuff on the Patriots Wire. Him and his team are doing great things on there. Uh, so here is our betting segment with uh, the uh, Bet Slipping Podcast, Jordy. They're going to give us a free play. I'm just really glad that last week and, and folks can go back to last week's episode if you haven't heard it and listen to our picks uh, against the Lions. We were very, very confident in the Patriots at minus three and a half at home. Thank God we didn't take the Lions. We would look so bad right now, Jordy, <laughs> if we took the Lions. So we were we were very adamant that you should bet the Patriots last week. We were correct. I have a good feeling about this spread here. Patriots are three and a half point dogs going to Cleveland. I know what side of the spread I want to be on. I'm going to get Jordy's take on that coming up next. All right, the Patriots, as mentioned, head to Cleveland as three-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, Jordy, Jacoby Brissett is playing quarterback for the Browns as the, the team awaits the return of Deshaun Watson from that suspension. Uh, they've allowed 25 points per game, which is 25th in the NFL. So their defense, as you mentioned earlier, not that great. They do lead the league in rushing, 192 yards per game. Nick Chubb is one of my favorite running backs. He, he's probably the best running back in football. He's awesome. The way he can get through any hole, he always falls forward. There's no negative plays with Nick Chubb. He's just tough. He's he's already got seven rushing touchdowns on the year, so he's going to be tough. The passing offense with the Browns, as you'd expect, it's kind of lower. It's 24th in the league. They really only have one guy. You mentioned him, Amari Cooper. He's really the offense, the passing offense, I should say. You take him away. I'm not sure who Brissett throws the ball to. So when I look at the Browns, they kind of feel predictable to me at least on offense like they're going to run the ball they're going to try to get into short yardage which Jacoby Brissett's pretty good on like those third and shorts and when they do have to throw it they're going to look for Mari Cooper right am I oversimplifying things right or do they have more in the bag is Kevin Stefanski is he better than I think like I feel like the Browns are kind of predictable and the Patriots should be able to come up with a game plan to go and go and attack that team 
you know, if, if Bill Belichick, if he wanted to, you know, give give good old Jordy an, an early Christmas present, it would be the Patriots wearing the red jerseys for this game as well. Oh, can they just God. wear it? Those were awesome, by the way. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Can, can they just wear them every game? Because for whatever reason, they, they, they rarely lose those things here, here in recent memory. <laughs> but, you know, it's – I'll be honest with you. This this game right here against the Browns, this is the game that actually scared me the most. And that in that six game stretch of those games, you know, the Patriots they can win all of those games. You know, the the, the Colts coming up um, down the stretch as well in there, but that game's in New England. But this Browns game going on the road against a Browns team that's coming off of a couple, you know, coming off some losses. They're just they're going to be hungry, man. And obviously. Obviously, you know, you got Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's like a man amongst boys right now. He's awesome. I mean, he is – yeah, he has been a monster this season. You know, I I, I saw um, Evan Lazar from Patriots.com. He had, you know, just tweeted out that the guy's forced 42 missed tackles. And then, obviously, he has 593 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. He almost he – has, he has – he's over halfway to 1,000. And this is – we're just heading into week six right now. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. And then, you know, you add Kareem Hunt to the equation, and obviously Jacoby Brissett, he can scramble as well, too. I think that's a big problem for the Patriots. Uh, it's a Patriots team that really hasn't hasn't held up that well against the run, you know, consistently. So, like, that's that's a that, – that that's a concerning point for me. Mm. You know, I might have to. I might pull a little Henry McKinnon here. I'm a little shaky. Oh, you're right you're right gonna here. ride the fence like Henry does. Yeah. You're gonna, ride the, you're gonna I'm, say I'm, say a lot of words, but then ride the fence and not give me a pick. This, this might this, this might be one of those games. But you know what? If I were to to give a pick, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a pick. I'm not gonna let the listeners down here. <laughs> um, this will be the first game of the season, and I'm gonna have to pick against the Patriots. And I'm going. I would go twenty. I would go twenty four twenty Browns. Um, to win at home, I hope I'm wrong. Please let me be wrong. You know, I don't mind being wrong in this in this situation. <laughs> you you can't lose because if you're wrong, then the Patriots win, right? Or or there you go. Or, unless they unless they cover the spread but lose. Um, I think I I want to take the Patriots. I because they have the hook, right? So it's plus three and a half. So they can lose by three, and we can cover the spread. So I kind of like the hook, but the hook also is the, you know. The sports books are kind of telling you that they they really think Cleveland's going to win this ball game. It's a tough one. We don't know who the Patriots are going to have a quarterback. It could be Zappy again. So who knows? If Mac and, Jones plays, if Mac Jones plays, then I like the Patriots. Okay. So right. so there we go. Okay. So we can we can add that caveat. That's that's very Henry McKenna of you as well. Yeah, you can add the caveat <laughs> just in case just in case you are wrong. No no no. See guys, I was right. Back played. Um, I like that, Jordy. Good job. I do worry about the run defense too because linebacker right linebacker uh-huh. is, is a spot of concern and you know just looking at the the snap charts there's a player named uh, Jelani Tavai out of Hawaii uh, who folks probably don't know who he is he's the guy with the locks you know, flowing out of his helmet he's playing linebacker he was out there a lot Jordy against the Lions he was out there uh, he played more snaps than everybody on the Patriots except for Dietrich Wise and Devin McCourty it was Jelani Tavai next right so that guy, I mean, I'm not going to say he's like battery. He was a former second round pick, right? The Lions picked him in the draft. He was a second rounder in 2019, I believe. But now he's playing more snaps than almost everybody on the defense. <laughs> like what? So and he was and he was tied for the most tackles. Yeah, yeah. So which is fine against the Lions, but how's that going <laughs> to work against Nick Chubb, who again Ooh. is powerful, is slippery, is fast. He just he just makes himself small when he needs to. 
he's just ridiculous. He's really good. Uh, so your tackling needs to be on point with that guy. So I don't know. Yeah, the the Patriots linebackers, the Patriots front against the best rushing attack in the league. I understand why that would give you pause. Uh, I I do. I just think three and a half is a lot of points, and the Browns aren't that good. And can you just compete in the run game? Can you figure it out, Bill? You have a whole week. Just figure it out. Just stop Nick Chubb. Don't let him kill you. I don't know. It shouldn't be that hard, Jordy, right? Come on. It shouldn't be that hard. So I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to ride the fever. Uh, and uh, maybe not the money line, even though the money line is enticing at plus 130, but it is on the road. Miles Garrett, we mentioned him. He could wreck a game too, Jordy, right? I mean, that's a guy that could, he could have a couple sacks. He could strip you, lead to easy points on the other on the other end, right? Like Miles Garrett could ruin the game as well. Yeah, and Zappy, you know, Zappy really hasn't he really hasn't been under you know a crazy amount of pressure, right? I mean, the, the Green Bay Packers they have a really good defensive front as well, but you know the Patriots' offensive line they played they played really well in that game. Now, what happens if you know you're on the road in a tough environment and things are kind of breaking down around you know a young quarterback in that type of a situation with a guy like a Miles? A Miles Garrett. I don't know. It's it's a little concerning. It really is. It is. It is. So it's very simple, Jordy. Just block Miles Garrett, right? Just block him. <laughs> Isaiah Wynn, when when they move Miles when they inevitably move Miles Garrett to wherever you are, probably on the right side, just you just gotta block him and win that matchup. Should be easy for you, Isaiah Wynn. Uh and then stop Nick Chubb. And take away Amari Cooper and make them throw those little six yard <laughs> passes to the tight end Ninjoku, right? And then you're going to win. It's simple as that, Jordy. Why is that so hard? I don't understand why. That you got happens. it. Ron Belichick. You got this. <laughs> yeah. You got this. Hey, I still trust Belichick more than the Stefanski character. I, I don't know. There's something about him. I don't trust him. So That's true. I'll, I'll you there. I'll take the points. Jordy's not so sure. We'll see how it, uh, how it all plays out. An interesting little game. Pats at Browns. Uh, it, that one's a tough one to predict. Uh, it is going to be a fun one, but... Man, Jordy, uh, great show. Great show. I had a lot of fun with you. Uh, be, I'll be checking out Patriots Wire for the rest of the week. You, what, what's in the plans here? Are you just previewing this game? That's basically what's going on Pat's Wire here the rest of the week? Yeah, we'll be, we'll be previewing the game coming up. You know, hopefully, hopefully we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. You know, it's, it's always better coming off of a win than, you know, like I, like I texted you when they, when they lost to the Ravens, you know, coming in on that black with the black suit on yeah. and the black tie, we you know, coming off of a loss. We were in morning. Yeah. yeah. Fun times. Let's let's keep winning. Let's keep winning. It's always fun when you beat up on Jared Goff. Uh, that one just brings back <laughs> old fun memories. Uh, so that's that's Jordy McElroy. Check him out on Pat's Wire for sure. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe if you could, and uh, we will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.